My name is Michael. Uh, I'm the pastor here at Chapel Hill. And, and this Advent season, in the lead up to Christmas, we've been looking at the songs of Christmas. Now, you might have heard Christmas songs in the foyers in your workplace. You might have heard Christmas songs in your woolies. Uh, and some people love Christmas songs because it seems like for a short period in the year, the world seems to be united. Or you might be someone who absolutely hates Christmas songs because they're absolute cheese balls and annoying and corny. Well, in the songs of Christmas, when Jesus was born, a number of people were inspired to sing the first ever Christmas carols in history, and it's been recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke. Mary, Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon have left for us four of the most beautiful worship-moving Christmas songs ever written about the birth of Jesus. And today we're going to look at the song that Simeon sang when he met Jesus for the first time at the temple. It was a Jewish custom for newborn males to be circumcised and named eight days after birth and for the mother to perform a purification ritual at the synagogue temple 40 days after the child was born. The Jewish law stated that the mother of a newborn was unclean for seven days and then it was to, she was to be confined for 33 days before journeying to the temple to offer a sacrifice of a lamb. If a mother couldn't offer a lamb, then she could sacrifice two pigeons. And for the firstborn, it was a custom to dedicate their firstborn for service to God. But what's different here to an ordinary Jewish newborn was that Jesus' name was given by an angel before he was conceived. Normally the parents name their child, but Jesus is named by God. The name Jesus means to save. And so in the dedication, the child is said to belong truly to God. How much Jesus belongs to God is something the parents, Mary and Joseph, will slowly come to understand starting with Simeon's response to seeing Jesus at the temple. We find out a bit more about Simeon in verse 25. So follow me within your Bibles on verse 25, we read, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was with him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What we know about Simeon was that he was a righteous man. He was a devout person to God. He was diligent with his religious duties to God. He represented a group of faithful people of Israel who engaged in this long process of waiting for God's salvation to come. And we're told that the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die and so we are to assume that he's an old man until he finally sees God's Messiah. And so we read on in verse 27. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, and this is the song that he sings when he sees Jesus. Verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon finally sees God's Messiah and it's Jesus as a baby. When he sees Jesus, he sees God's salvation. And what he also sees in Jesus is that Jesus doesn't just come to save the Jews, Jesus also came to save the Gentiles, the non-Jews, all the people of all the earth. And we look around today, we have people from all the earth, and Jesus has come to save all of us. And having seen Jesus, Simeon is now satisfied and is now at peace to pass away. He doesn't feel the need to hang around anymore. And there's something more, there's nothing more that he needs to do and see in his life. He's satisfied with life because he's finally seen Jesus. Now the BBC show had a show called 50 Places to See Before You Die. Uh, the show was so popular, probably didn't get it here in Australia, but in the British land uh, of the UK, it was very popular, so popular that it led to the best-selling book called A Thousand Things to See Before You Die. In fact, the show and the book became so popular that it's, it spawned an entire genre. It spawned things like a hundred things to do before you die or a hundred things to eat before you die. And so this genre in its success has revealed something significant about ourselves. It reveals that we want to experience the best of what's out there before it's too late. You see, it's our first world problem. We don't fear putting a roof over our heads or we don't fear having to put food on the table. Our greatest fear in life is getting to the end of life and feeling like we've missed out. The technical term now is called FOMO, the fear of missing out. And it's actually become this ever-growing pathological condition that we have. This fear, this anxiety that's so prevalent that has become a subject of study of a group of Oxford psychologists. And so in our culture of FOMO, the fear of missing out, Simeon steps into the picture today. Simeon is a man who is ready to die. Not because he's unhappy with life, not because he feels like he's been dealt a bad hand in life, but precisely the opposite. Simeon is ready to die because he is satisfied. Not because he's seen the 50 places before you die, but because he has seen the one thing. For Simeon, there is just only one thing to see before you die. Just one and it's salvation. Because Simeon knew that the world isn't right, not the way it was meant to be, the way we intuitively sense it should be. He could account for this because he knew the Old Testament. He knew humanity wasn't right with God, but he knew God promised to fix that, to right the world and to right us. God promised salvation, and it had now come. Salvation came not as a life boy, not as a fire truck, but salvation came as a baby. It's not unusual for parents to say over-the-top things about their own babies. You see, a baby might be running its fingers through the yogurt, rubbing it all over her face, 
and then painting the yogurt on the walls as if she's doing an artwork and an over-enthusiastic parent might declare, that's absolute genius. I look at that and in my mind, I might say, that is an absolute mess. But Simeon isn't an over-the-top parent. I mean, the child isn't even his. But he looks at Jesus as a baby and declares, I have seen salvation. Jesus has come to give us salvation. And so it turns out there are not 50 things that we should have FOMO about. There's only one FOMO. There's only one thing in life that we should fear missing out, and that's salvation. And the good news is that we don't need to fear missing out on salvation because salvation has come to us and salvation is available for all people. No one needs to miss out because Jesus offers salvation for all people, for the Jews and the Gentiles, for the rich and the poor, because Jesus offers salvation freely by grace. There's nothing that you need to do to earn salvation because Jesus offers salvation as a Christmas gift to be received by faith. But although salvation is a free gift for everyone, you can still miss out. Not because you don't have enough money, not because you're not good enough for God, you can still miss out on salvation when you reject Jesus. Jesus will unite all peoples because his salvation is for all people. But he will also divide all people between those who will be hostile to him and those who will be receptive to him. And we read about this in the rest of the passage. Verse 33, read along with me. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon told Mary that her son Jesus was caused of rising and falling of many in Israel. And as Luke's narrative progresses, we will see that Jesus' ministry effectively splits the nation into two. This is the break between Judaism and Christianity. The Jewish religious establishment, for the most part, will see Jesus as someone as the enemy of the faith. Even though many other Jews, including many Gentiles, receive Jesus as their saviour. And Simeon's prophecy also gives us a clue as to how Jesus will bring about God's salvation. He says to Mary, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon is alluding to the huge sorrow ahead for Mary, the deepest sorrow for any mother, seeing her own son die. Salvation comes in Jesus and it will come through his death. By Jesus' death, he takes the penalty of our sin so that we might be forgiven and be saved from the consequences of our sin. The greatest fear in life is not missing out on the Great Barrier Reef. It's not missing out on seeing the Grand Canyon. It's not missing out on having a degustation at Noma Restaurant. It's not missing out on getting on top of your career. It's not even missing out on having a relationship. The greatest fear in life is facing the consequences of our sin. 
And the only thing we should fear is missing out on salvation in Jesus. Salvation in Jesus may not be the Christmas present you expect, but it's the present we most need. And it all begins with the arrival of this baby. It turns out that there is just one thing that you need to see before you die. This Christmas, as you have seen Jesus today, may you also see God's salvation. And if you don't quite see it yet, we're just glad that you're here today, that you can join us today, but we will love to see you again in the new year to explore further Jesus' claim to be your saviour. Please join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that salvation is not a program of self-improvement, but is a person. Your salvation is a relationship with Jesus. Thank you, God, for not sending us an impersonal force or a guide to better living, but you sent us your Son. And so may we receive your salvation by putting our faith in Jesus to free us from the fear of missing out. For in your Son, he is our righteousness and redemption, our holiness and our hope, our sanity and our surety, and a whole lot more. So as we start the new year, may we have the peace of salvation, to not fear missing out, and to bask in the riches of your salvation. In Jesus' glorious and peaceful name, amen.